boom goes the dynamite. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the SoCo Sports Show. We're here to talk week 13 in the National Football League and preview week 14 for you. And it was a packed week, so we're going to dive right in in just a second. Uh, first week in a long time with 16 games in it. Um, so we are coming down the, the home stretch. Um, this is, of course, I almost forgot, the voice of... And I can change my, I, I can change my, vo- uh, my name back, right? I guess. Yeah, so this is the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. I'm just Seth. <laughs> and uh we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and let's just let's just fucking dive in okay uh do you have a tweet uh yes all right here we go i call you a punk actually no i don't <laughs> that was from last week i think <laughs> did i say something <laughs> um was last week about lamar jackson Lamar yes. Jackson, Iron Sheet class. Yes. Okay. Then that's it. Never mind. I don't have anything. <laughs> We're keeping it in. I call you a punk. We're getting through the intro so fast because we want to get to the games that we didn't even want to do a tweet. Um, but before I we go on, to. Let's... I thought there was one. <laughs> Let's uh, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box, and you're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pay! And Mike's Wood. Head up uh, Mike on Corn... Sorry, Jesus. Hit up Mike on Etsy.com slash shop slash Corn Fed and Wed to get your wood worked. Mmm, corn. <laughs> All right, one more ad. Let's kick it over to Previously Recorded Co. for some more about Anchor. I'm in there, too. <laughs> That's right. You were in there for a bit, Seth. Uh, very well done on your part. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to head over to the Anchor page, you can become a contributor. want to give a shout-out to our current contributors, Mike V, Jared B, and Fuck You, uh, for contributing so far. Appreciate that. Uh, if you'd like to be a contributor, go to Anchor. Otherwise, uh, if you don't want to or can't, uh, just keep clicking on our episodes. Every every listen helps. Uh, so keep listening and keep sharing. And uh, you're helping out the podcast, so we really appreciate that. All right. Let's talk about some fucking games. Here we go. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? All right, Seth. We had three games on Thanksgiving, uh, and all of which were actually relatively entertaining. Uh, we start in Detroit. Where I correctly picked that game. <laughs> We start in Detroit where the Lions fell to the Chicago Bears by a score of 20 to 24. Lions fall to 3-8 and 1. Bears get up to 6 and 6 behind a a really good performance actually by Mitch Trubisky. Uh he goes for 338 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw one pick. Uh David Montgomery had 75 yards on the ground and Anthony Miller was the top receiver with 140 yards. Uh on the Lions side of things, David Blau made his Blah! first career start, and damn near won this game uh, at the end, but uh, couldn't get it done against Chicago. He had 280 yards and two touchdowns. Bo Scarborough, another guy you haven't fucking heard of, uh, had 83 yards. And Kenny Galladay had a huge game, 158 yards and a touchdown. So, Seth, this one was close the whole way, and I think we got a a game effort from the Detroit Lions here who, who pushed the Bears really right up to the end of the game. Um, but... 
Bears defense flexed its muscles in the final minutes to get the win. Uh, based on how the NFC playoff picture is looking, while the Bears are not yet mathematically eliminated, uh, again, they're they're everything. But um, but with with this team probably not destined for the playoffs, um, we're getting to see a little bit of what Mitchell Trubisky has and whether or not they want to continue forward with him going into next year. So in a game where he went toe-to-toe with a first-start rookie uh, and needed all 60 minutes to win, he, he did put up 338 yards. What did you see from Trubisky here that made you think either, yes, the Bears should keep him or no, they shouldn't? Uh, and tell me what you thought of David Blau and his first uh, his first start. Um, I mean, Detroit's defense is not good. Um, and they've been, they've been giving up yards uh, through the air all season. So I, I'm not... I, I'm not a. This doesn't make me a believer in Trubisky. Trubisky's still uh, a garbage quarterback. Um, he he is going. He's not going to be the the. I mean, if they're smart, if Chicago's smart, he's not going to be the quarterback uh, next season. But you know, he, they still do have some money invested in him. Uh, of course, they drafted him number one overall. So a couple of years ago. So I think he'll probably still be in Chicago. But I think they they also are uh, probably going to be looking elsewhere for someone to to challenge a spot kind of kind of like what we've seen uh, in Tennessee this year I could see them bringing in someone to to really fight for the spot and uh doesn't I don't think it'll take too much for that whoever that is to beat Trubisky out of the spot um Blouse is not going to be a guy uh, you know for long term in in Detroit um he uh you know undrafted guy has been jumping you know jumping around teams and stuff he played well which is you know good but he's probably earned himself uh, some spots on some teams as a as a backup or you know practice squad guy, but um, just like Jeff Driscoll, just like a lot of guys who've stepped up, you know, even look at Case Keenum, uh, you, you know, the this year he's in in the end of last year as well, uh, been relegated to the Brent bench. So I think that's what Blau will probably end up being here, even potentially in a couple of weeks if Driscoll comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with you on both cases here. Uh, Blau was a fun piece of entertainment, and this was an interesting ball game to watch. Uh, Thanksgiving in the early slate, but um, ultimately I I think pretty meaningless here. Um, Let's go to the big game from Thanksgiving, which was Dallas hosting the Buffalo Bills. And we were looking, Seth, at this game beforehand as a prove-it game. You know, which of these teams is real? And we emphatically got our answer because the Buffalo Bills handled Dallas. Uh, Final score here was 26-15. to The Boo Birds were out in Dallas uh, near the end of this game. Josh Allen came into town, his first, uh, his first, I guess, uh, high-profile start. You know, you could call it prime time, I suppose, because it's a Thanksgiving game. Um, Allen had 231 yards. <clears throat> he also completed 80% of his passes, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, 230 yards and a touchdown for Allen. He also had 43 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Devin Singletary seems to have taken over that backfield as their primary runner. He had 63 yards. Uh, Cole Beasley in a revenge game against Dallas had 110 yards and a touchdown through the air. Uh, on the Cowboys side of things, Dak continues to put up numbers here. He had 355 yards. He threw it 49 times in this game, though. Uh, two touchdowns and a pick. Ezekiel Elliott had 71 yards on only 12 carries, which seemed like a surprise, but Dallas was playing from behind for most of this game. Um Amari Cooper had eight for 85, so a relatively quiet game for him as well. He doesn't get into the end zone. Um, and this is a big game because Buffalo moves to nine and three. They've all but locked in that top wildcard spot. They'll likely do that in the next couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, Buffalo, who has a big-time game against Baltimore coming up this weekend, looks like a legit team. Um, and 
you know, Allen has played well. I think he's going to be really tested against Baltimore this weekend. This defense has played very well. Dallas came in as the number one ranked offense this season. They held him just to 15 points. Um, so Buffalo did what it came to Dallas to do this week. They cemented themselves, especially defensively, as one of the top teams. And Allen continues to take care of the football, and they're putting up real points. So I'm really excited to, to preview that Ravens game in just a bit. But, Seth, I think I think the, the idea that Buffalo has now arrived by getting this win depends on what you think of Dallas. And they fall to 6-6. Six and six. Uh, They're barely ahead of the Eagles for that division right now. And all of a sudden, they're a team that is uber-talented. They've got a, as good a roster as anybody in the league, but just can't find a way to win. A lot of people pointing fingers at Jason Garrett, saying he maybe should have been fired last week, but he keeps his job right now. Um, but this is a team, they're, they're putting up numbers. They've got all the talent in the world. It's just not translating to wins, and I don't know what the fuck you do if you're Dallas. What, what, what do you think of this game? you think Buffalo is actually here, or do you think Dallas is not nearly as good as we thought? Um, I think a little bit of both. I, I mm-hmm. think that we've seen... Since the buy, they came out of the buy a little shaky in terms of Buffalo. That he came out of the buy a little shaky, but since then, Josh Allen, probably after you know game or two after the buy, Josh Allen has played very well. They show, I think they showed some of his stats, and I think since this buy, the buy, he's thrown like ten touchdowns to two interceptions, and he's also averaging like he's up there in terms of like rushing numbers with Lamar Jackson, which is pretty crazy. So they're kind of they they've almost taken a similar philosophy in Buffalo to molding some of that offense around Josh Allen when he came in. He still still kind of running like the Tyrod Taylor type offense, which he's you know he he's a runner, but he's not the same type of runner. He doesn't have the same abilities that Tyrod does. So you know, and since then, I, I think they've kind of morphed the offense to him. He's been very accurate. He's taken care of the football. He solved some of those ducks that he that he had early on. You know, he's still missing a few here and there, but not to the you know like you said, 80, throwing eighty percent completion right now. So they're obviously putting in plays that that work so that's good the run game's going the defense has played better um I, I do like buffalo but they have a really tough schedule coming up i know that like you said they play the ravens they play the patriots again um i think they play one other tough matchup the steelers they play the steelers i think on in prime time they got moved to sunday night and i know the steelers aren't you know the best team right now but they got a tough defense and they pl- always play well uh in prime time so mm-hmm. um That'll be a tough game, and then I think to play the Dolphins one more time. So you know that is what it is. But um, which, although the Dolphins have played tough too, so we'll see about that. But I know they don't play the Dolphins again. I know they play what the Jets or something like that. Just one one of the best. It's teams. the Jets. Yeah, they Jets. finished the season yeah, yeah. at home against the Jets. And, That's true. Yeah, the Jets are bad too. So um, regardless, though, I think the test is now for the for the Bills. The test wasn't I, I mean I think this was a, a good good stepping stone and to come out as impressive as they did, that's good. But the test is now. This this ex- upcoming four game stretch because they win some of these games, they could potentially steal the division away from the Patriots after the Patriots <laughs> lost. Isn't that crazy is, to think about? That that's crazy. So I think they're pretty cemented in a pretty good spot for the wild card, which still might be tough though with the upcoming schedule. But if they go two and two in that stretch, I think they're they they got that wild card for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see about that game with the Patriots. That'll be fun. The Cowboys, they're another story. I think, again, we saw this week with with the Eagles losing to the Dolphins. Uh, you know, I think I don't think it's going to be hard for them to win that division. I think that's the worst division in football right now. Um, Easily. But uh, I, in terms of, like, are they a, a threat in the playoffs? I don't think they are. I think they're, they're a one-and-done team this year. They, they've just gotten away from what makes them successful. Yes, they've, you know, thrown for a lot, and... Dak has been, you know, putting up a lot of yards, but it's because a lot of these games aren't the type of 
type of style that they're used to. I mean, they're, they're having to score a lot of points because their defense is giving up a lot of points because the defense is on the field a lot. And that's not typically their type of style. Uh, they normally just run the hell out of the football and, and you know, uh, control the clock. And for whatever reason, like Zeke, they haven't given Zeke the ball a lot this year. They paid him all this money, but compare, you know, if you look at his numbers from this year to years past, his, his attempts are down. And that's a team thing. That's not necessarily a him thing. So, because he's been efficient. So, I don't like that. It's a weird thing. I think maybe they have these stars now in Gallup and Cooper and, and all that where they want to get them the ball, but they're also changing their philosophy. And we saw this like last year in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. Like when he came mm-hmm. in, they wanted to throw, 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 and that didn't work out. They, they lost their identity. This year, they've gotten it back. They're more balanced. And I think that's what the Cowboys need to get back to. Mm hmm. I definitely think so. Um, both of these teams down the stretch here, a couple difficult games, and uh, we'll continue to learn. The Bills, man, are so interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I still am not sure what I think of them, but they, they, they're making a case for themselves, and it'll be interesting to see what they do, especially this week against the Ravens. I can't wait to talk about that game in a bit. Um, the evening game on Thanksgiving was the Falcons and the Saints. And here was another game that, that ended up being better than was expected. Uh, Falcons, of course, won the, won this game a few weeks ago when it was played in New Orleans. But the Saints get the victory on Thursday night. 26-18 to 18 was the final. Um, Matt Ryan played well. He had 312 yards, two touchdowns, but he did throw two picks, uh, including some uh, a damning one in the fourth, if I remember correctly. Um not a whole lot else to go around. Uh, now, Julio Jones was held out of this game for injury. So Calvin Ridley was the lead receiver with 91 yards, and they don't have a running back worth talking about. Um, on the Saints side of things, this was the Taysom Hill show. Uh, Hill had a block, uh, a blocked punt, that is, a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in this game. So you talk about a gadget player, that dude can do it all. Uh, and it was a, it was a, a reasonably um, – skinny game stats wise for the rest of the offense drew Brees had 184 yards and a touchdown alvin Kamara had a combined 85 yards uh from scrimmage and Taysom hill accounted for all the scoring so on a week where they weren't gaudy numbers that the saints put up against definitely a worse falcons team again they find a way to get it done in a tough division matchup on the road uh the saints for my money um are one of the top i would i'll go ahead and say they're they're the top team in the nfc to me um, and they're at 10 and two in a position to get that number one seed with actually, I think today they are the number one seed, um, with home field throughout plus the first round by. So, uh, we were just talking before the podcast about how I don't want to travel to, uh, to new Orleans. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, saints looking good. They get the win in division on Thanksgiving and, uh, Falcons continue to be bad. Yeah, that, that's uh, pretty much sums it up. Um, also too, if you saw the end of that game, the the Falcons really got three onside kick recoveries. Um, they two were successful. One got called back for a penalty, um, but it really wasn't a penalty because they called it for like offside, and he the the player wasn't uh, the the Falcons player wasn't. So apparently their kicker Young Young Hoo Kim or I can't remember what his name is. Um, he uh, he's he, he got signed basically because he does a bunch of trick trick kits trick kicks online and stuff and so he's like kind of made some notoriety for that and so his onside kicks worked which is pretty crazy so um, you don't see that very often there hasn't been many onside kicks this year but uh he's not a very good kicker otherwise he missed some no. extra points <laughs> um young young ho ku is the Koo, name of that yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool though. Like, if you want to sign just an onside kick specialist, there you go. Uh, but yeah, other, otherwise, yeah, the Saints are a top team. Um, they, that I don't think I think that like like I talked about that the loss a couple weeks ago was a fluke. It's kind of just one of those games the Saints had. Uh, they're they're a top team. I, they they I believe they play the Niners this week. Uh, so that that's, that's right. an, that's another huge huge game, and uh, that I think that's another that's an, another big test for the Niners. You know, if they they want to show like hey we're the best team in, in the NFC. Uh, we took the best team on the, in the AFC on and and uh, went toe to toe with them. So, you know, they can really prove it uh, this week and and show where they belong in terms of seeding and everything like that. But um, yeah, the Saints are are going to be a top team uh, going forward. So it, it's going to be fun, good good fun games down the stretch. Absolutely. Uh, next game, we will not Pass. have we will not have a winless game or a winless team this season. Cincinnati gets their first win. One and eleven, um, twenty-two to six over the Jets. This game sucked. I do want to pass on it, but I will say I will make one point about this game before we quickly move on. Uh, this Bengals offense showed some signs that there is some talent there. Um, they moved the ball against the Jets defense, which has been up and down, um, but is generally not very good. But Dalton came back. He was starting again after a couple weeks off, and they they scored some points. I think. This is a team that may get another one or two wins coming down the stretch here. Obviously, you know, they're not worth much more time, but it was good to see the Bengals move the ball, even though they ruined all my picks and all my betting by beating the Yeah, Jets. yeah. Um, and also, that offense isn't going to look the same next year because... Uh, right, they're all gone. <laughs> Dalton's gone. Uh, we'll see about Green. Uh, yeah, so it it doesn't matter. This game is, is uh, poop, and both teams are poop, and uh, poop. <laughs> Head coach Zach Taylor gets his first win too as a coach, um, so that that was good. Move to on. They dump dump a gator in on him. <laughs> um, let's go to Pittsburgh. Here was an interesting ball game. Um, the Steelers beat the Browns twenty to thirteen. Now everyone and their mom picked their Browns in this game. This was the big rematch from the big fight that was a few weeks ago with Miles Garrett, and the Steelers come in and get the win twenty to thirteen and advanced to 7-5. and five. And this is a Steelers team that we were counting out in September. Uh, you know, no Big Ben, no Le'Veon Bell, no, uh, no Antonio Brown, uh, seemingly no hope. They're now on their third-string quarterback, Duck Hodges. Uh, he threw 212 yards, had a touchdown and an interception in this game. Benny Snell Jr. was their lead rusher with 63 yards and a score. And James Washington, their top receiver, with 111 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so their top passer, runner, and receiver are guys I've never fucking heard of. <laughs> and they get the win over this Cleveland Browns team. And I'm really impressed with what Pittsburgh has been able to put together this season. I certainly don't want to discount that. But more than anything, I think that the Browns are just exhibiting more loser behavior. Loser. Loser. I don't know how, with an opportunity to jump into the wild card race in a game that is a, a revenge game, so to speak, from the fight a couple weeks ago, you have all the talent in the fucking world on this team, and you can only hang 13 and you lose. It's just, to me, this is further hammering home the point that the Browns suck, and they're always going to find ways to lose. Mayfield had 196 yards, touchdown and a pick. Uh, Nick Chubb, only 58 yards on 16 carries here. Uh, I think they were playing from behind a lot in the second second half, so he didn't get as many touches as he's used to. Uh, Jarvis Landry seems, though, to have emerged as the top receiver on the Browns instead of Odell Beckham, which... He's kind of had a disappointing season. So, you know, 
I don't want to talk too much about the Browns because I've already it's already well documented that they suck. But you got to be impressed by what the Steelers have been able to put together here. Right now, they're in the sixth six seed, uh, headed to the AFC playoffs, depending on how they finish up. Yeah, I don't think they'll they'll end up there. I I still think again after what we see what we saw out of the Titans this week, I think they're they're well. I don't know. They could win the division, but that, that's all up in the air. I, I think that both the Colts, if they were to be the wild card team, or the Titans, um, or well, actually no, the tight the the Texans also had that division pretty close too. So it's all weird and up in the air. But I I just don't think the Steelers end up being the sixth seed. I think there's too many good teams out of the division with the Colts and and uh, Texans and. And Titans, so um, yeah, I, I it's impressive because they did it with all backups. I mean, literally, I mean Juju wasn't playing. Um, I mean they're 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 really skin and bones right now, but they're they're working with what they got, and they they that defense is just a it's a equalizer for them. Like some when that defense is playing well, they always have a shot, which we've seen them kind of be up and down over the last few weeks, um, and, and and really the crux of that has been the defense. So. Uh, when, when the defense is playing well, they got a real good shot at it. So you know, we'll, we'll see. Like, like we talked about that Bills game on Sunday night, that's going to be a fun one. Then that'll that'll show really who both those teams are at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Browns. Uh, uh, don't know about the Browns. I think yeah, that, that, this pretty much put the nail in the coffin on that potential uh, wild card spot for them. So mm-hmm. see you next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right about that. Um, for the Steelers, it's Cardinals, Bills, Jets, Ravens. So interesting schedule coming down the stretch. A couple winnable games, but a couple tough ones too. So we'll see how they finish up. Uh, let's go to the Giants who hosted the Packers and got whooped. Uh, Packers came in and took care of business 31-13. to uh, Rodgers had 243 yards, four touchdowns, and an incredibly snowy game. Uh, it was impressive that they got any throwing done. Uh, but they went that route. Alan Lazard, the Iowa State guy you and I are familiar with, good to see him, 103 yards through the air and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, um, I don't know if this was his first game back or not, but uh, no, good to see him back and active. Six six catches, 64, and two scores here for him. Uh, so I know as Green Bay comes down the stretch, they're glad to have Adams back in the fold. Um, for the Giants, I mean, Daniel Jones was awful, 240 yards, a touchdown, but he had three picks. Saquon Barkley, though, um, he had 115 yards of total offense, uh, and nobody else on that team is really worth mentioning. So this is the Packers getting to 9-3. and three. Uh, They have a now game lead. We'll talk about Minnesota in a second, but a one-game lead in the north. And, Seth, all of a sudden, with three losses, uh, the Packers look up at Seattle and at the Saints, and both of those teams have some tough games down the stretch. The Green Bay could potentially be vying for that number two seed um, and a first-round bye, which I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to Lambeau in January. So this <laughs> is a team that's got an opportunity to set themselves up well for the playoffs. They took care of business here this week for sure, uh, but they're looking forward with four games to go at potentially you know being one of those top couple seeds. Yeah, I mean Packers are they did exactly what I you know expected them to do, which is beat up on the beat up on the the small kid, uh, and prove that they're they're a, a top team again. But um, you know they they have Rodgers, and that's always a, an equalizer. Uh, the defense has been very very up and down this year. They played well against the Giants, but it was a, like you said a snowy game, a sloppy game, uh, and and so you know it, that that is what it is. I mean when you have a quarterback like. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in those conditions, you're always going to have an advantage. Um, Daniel Jones, other, I mean, he he played well 
other than a few, like, you know, he had a couple picks, but I do like what I see out of him. I, I really do. I think he's going to really help that offense. I think they need to get another weapon in the receiving core and get some help around him in terms of the offensive line. But otherwise, he, you know, he he's shown flashes where he's made some really nice throws. He's got uh, some good legs where he can escape the pocket if he needs to. So I like the future for the, for the Giants in terms of the young pieces they have right now. Uh, we'll see what they put together. Um, but yeah, the Packers, they'll, they'll be up in that, that hunt for, like you said, a top seed, potentially, um, top, top two seed, uh, here in the, in the coming weeks. We'll see what Minnesota has to say about it though. (laughs) Yes, we definitely will. Um, let's go back to the AFC huge game in the AFC South. The Titans go into Indianapolis and beat the Colts by two touchdowns. 31, 17 was the final Tennessee gets to seven and five. And they are right now tied record wise, um, but with the Steelers for the sixth spot, um, but Steelers on the tie break. So Tennessee at seven and five now is a game out of the top spot for the AFC South, I believe. And they're a team that we've been talking about for the past month or so, Seth, that's trending upward. They're getting a lot of offense. They've had a huge shot in the arm from Ryan Tannehill who was 17 of 22, 182 yards and two scores in this one. Derrick Henry uh, continues to be special in the second half of the season, 149 yards on the ground plus a touchdown. And, you know, this Tennessee offense all of a sudden is real, and this defense has been real all season. The Colts are trending in the opposite direction, though. They've been disappointing the last month. Jacoby Brissett had 300 yards here and a touchdown, but he also had two picks. Um Zach Paschal was the leading receiver for the Colts. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, the leading rusher. So this Colts team seems to be fading into irrelevance the way things are trending these past couple weeks. But Tennessee has replaced them as an exciting sort of second contender from that AFC South. Uh, And I know you've been calling this for a couple weeks, so you had to have been excited by what you saw from Tennessee here. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, this was a closer game than what the score reflected. It wasn't really Mm -hmm. until the late third, early fourth quarter that um Tennessee took over but yeah this was uh, tied in the fourth yeah um Indianapolis came out to kick a field goal that would have taken the lead Tennessee blocked it and housed it to take a seven point lead and then would add to it later so yeah this was close for most of the game yeah so I I don't I don't think I mean the Colts obviously are trending a little bit downward but they're also missing two of their best offensive weapons and T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack right now so um, I think if they get a little bit healthier, I think they're still very much in the mix. Brissett's still kind of coming back from his injury too, uh, getting back into the fold. He had he had a better week in terms of yardage, but like you said, he threw a couple a couple bad picks. So, um, in terms of the Titans, though, yeah, I mean they're they're doing everything they need to do. Derrick Henry in the month of December, you don't want to play him um, because he and actually November as well because he just goes nuts. Like he he's had over 150, like or I think I think he had 140 yards this week, like 170 the week before. Like he is, he just runs like a crazy person in these last few weeks of the the season. So you don't want to face him uh, once it starts getting cold, because uh, he will run you over and make you and and run past you as well. Um, <laughs> good good to see him play though, uh, play as well as he is. Uh, I talked last week about uh, just you know the the lineage and how in terms of Alabama running back. So it's good good to see him, uh, you know, kind of break that. And and Tannehill's playing well too. So. Titans, I think they're going to be a playoff team uh, here in a couple weeks. I, I think I would agree with you on that um, on that assessment. And I'm taking a look here and confirming, yes, okay, so the Steelers do own the tiebreak today. Um, but I'm with you. I think I have a higher degree of confidence in Tennessee finishing the season um, 
than I do the Steelers right now. Uh, Tennessee's remaining games are against the Raiders, the Texans, the Saints, and the Texans again. So they've got some tough offenses coming in, but, um, you know, we've liked what we've seen for the past month or so from them. (laughs) We go to Miami. (laughs) (laughs) And on a day where the Eagles came in knowing that they could win themselves into a tie for first in the NFC least, they get beat by Miami. And Miami, for for a 3-9 and team, final, by the way, 37-31, this was in Miami, uh, Miami is is my favorite kind of 3-9 and team because they're like, fuck it, we'll do anything. <laughs> and the highlight of this game was a crazy-ass uh, fake field goal that went for a touchdown yeah. where the punter threw it to the kicker, which was really fun to see. Um Best thing, I think, though, for the Dolphins right now, Devontae Parker is freaking out lately. Mm-hmm. He had seven catches, 160 yard, 159 yards, that is, uh, and two scores in this one. So he's been a highlight for sure. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick put up some crazy numbers here against just a terrible Eagles secondary. Holy shit. Um, Wentz did his part on offense, 310 yards, three scores. He did have a pick. And they even got 83 yards out of Miles Sanders. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, who's been missing for most of this season, um, had 137 yards and a touchdown. So the Eagles offense seemingly did what it needed to do here, but that defense is so bad that the Dolphins hung 37 on them and Eagles now fall to five and seven. They're going to have some chances. They still get to play Dallas. So they still are going to have a shot at that NFC East championship, which is hilarious to think about. But uh, they've, I mean, they're easily a first round bounce. I'm beg if I'm another NFC, if I'm an NFC wildcard team, I am begging for the Eagles to get that division so I can go there to play in the wildcard round. Yeah, I mean a lot of Vikings fans thought that too uh in 2018 and uh <laughs> or 2017. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and that didn't turn out very good. So um yeah, but what I've been saying all year the Eagles aren't a very good team, and I—I I, I was. <laughs> I want to make I, a reel of you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and I—I I was watching the the scroll in the bottom of the screen, watching the the score change all day, and I just was smiling because I'm like, I'm fucking right. The Eagles are not a very good football team. They continue to prove it. Carson Wentz, he, I think he put up decent numbers in this game, but he's not worth the money they paid him. I right right now the way he's been playing. Not worth the money. Um, defense is trash garbage. Um, even even ha- a lot of people's excuses for them has been they've been missing players. They've been missing Alshon. Desha- Deshaun Jackson hasn't been playing. Deshaun Jackson's 85 years old. And <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey has been, he put up numbers, but he hasn't been that great either. He can't stay in the field. We talked about that. So th- this team is not good. Uh, they, they're they're kind of in a free fall, but so are the Cowboys, like you said. So they could still win the division. I don't think they do, but yeah, I mean, ugh, Eagles, uh, they're a mess. They're they're a mess. The Dolphins, like you said, they're fun, man. Um, yeah. Talking about Devo- talking about Devontae Parker, um, I don't think he'll be back with the Dolphins because they are very much in a rebuild mode right now, and they, they're they're not like they're not a team like I think we've talked about like the Redskins where they they just haven't made any moves like they. They 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 think they have a team that can win now. I think the Dolphins they they don't think they have a team that can win now, like in the for the future. But they do want to win now, and they're they're fighting hard. Um, Devontae Parker though, I think will be gone because he's going to cost too much money. I think he's a free agent at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to cost too much money because of. But he's played himself into a really Fire. nice contract here uh-huh. in a, in in a few months. Um, 
I'm excited to see where he goes because the way he's playing, if he continues his play, I mean, this is a very short sample size uh, in terms of how he's been playing at an elite type level. But if he could just continues this role and, and gets that money and goes somewhere that is a contender, he could be a real big piece. He could be a, 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 a big time wide receiver for a team just the way he's been playing. So could be fun to see. You don't see a lot of receivers in their fifth year become a star, but you know, right now he could be doing that. He's got that potential, and uh, we're going to talk in a bit about a game between the Niners and the Ravens, who are two teams that I think would love to have Devontae Parker on their team, and I would love to see him on either of those teams. Let's go to Jacksonville. We won't stay long um, because it's Jacksonville after all. Uh, But my Buccaneers went in and got the job done, 28-11 to here. Uh, Jameis Winston, this is worth mentioning, zero interceptions in this game. Um that's pretty much it. Uh, Buccaneers handled the Jags so, here. The other big piece of news before we come back to your the Winston point, I know you want to make. Uh, Nick Foles got benched in this game, and it sounds like for the rest of the season. So that Minshew magic is back. They're going to give Gardner a chance to prove himself and potentially work his way into a starting job. It seems. Uh, so Minshew now he came in. He was fine uh, in his relief effort. 147 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Um, but Jacksonville trying to do some stuff to figure out what they want to do with quarterback, and Minshew's going to have a chance to win that job. Minshew mania, baby. It's back. Um, <laughs> I, I will also say I'm also right once again. Nick Foles is not a very good quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and undrafted Gardner Minshew is now their quarterback. So that is, And they paid him fucking $88 million for no reason. So that's cool. Twice now he's cashed out on that. And, you know, good for him. But Napoleon Dynamite needs to take a seat. Um <laughs> Uh, do you think at, in the Buccaneers locker room, they have one of those signs like at, at like, um, uh, where a lot of like warehouses or whatever, where they have like X number of days without an accident. They have one that says, <laughs> uh, one game without a, an interception for Jameis. They probably, they probably have, they have that, but they don't even have a two. They've only got <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. They're going to just erase it next week. Um, and he probably so. had a fumble. I don't see, I don't see it. Anymore, but he, he had to have gotten a turnover. I don't believe he didn't. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, I don't know if, if Minshew is going to be the starter next year or not. Um, they'll probably end up drafting someone or, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe give Foles another shot, put so much money into him. I have no idea. I I wouldn't be mad at him being the starter, starting quarterback uh, because they, they have put up numbers when he's been in there for the most part. But the Bucks, on the other hand, I, I don't – like we've talked about Jameis, I don't think he'll be the quarterback there. Um, both of these teams are going to be in very much rebuilding mode, I think, come next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of teams that have some pieces, though. So I think that either of these two teams would be a candidate for a, for a jump next season, depending on if they make the right moves uh, over the offseason. So we'll see about that. Let's go to the Panthers, who were wildly disappointing for another week in a row. Uh, they fall 21-29 to the formerly hapless Washington Redskins. Uh, Haskins gets his second win in a row. And from what I understand, he was on the field the entire time this time. Uh, <laughs> Darius Geis was a highlight, though, 129 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Um, Adrian Peterson also had 99 yards. So they just ran over uh, a Carolina defense, which used to be scary. I don't know what happened. But uh, offensively, Kyle Allen had 270 yards, two touchdowns, but a very ugly pick to end the game on fourth and goal. Um, Christian McCaffrey was held pretty much in check, but he had uh, right around 100 yards of total offense, but he continues to kind of get his. 
Carolina now, losers of two straight. They're five and seven, probably out of the playoff. They may even be literally out of the playoff picture now. Um, but just an ugly loss. And Carolina understands how ugly it is because they went and fired their head coach mm-hmm. uh, after this game. Ron Rivera out after a long tenure mm-hmm. as head coach of the Panthers. And Seth, this looks like, to me, a really attractive head coaching job. Carolina's mm-hmm. got a lot of good stuff. We've been talking all season. They've got a lot of great pieces uh, and I think, you know, of the coaching jobs we're aware of, this should be one of the top ones, even though this team appears to be in free fall. We'll see if they can write the ship before the end of the year. But thinking forward, um, this is a, this is a job I wouldn't mind having. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think this is this is a good spot for someone to land, um, especially someone who can work with young quarterbacks like Kyle Allen, because I do think Kyle Allen has something. Um, we'll just see how how. You know who who comes in next and how how they adapt uh, him into their offense. But in terms of uh, their defense, they have been extremely exploitable in the run game. Um, this game where they had two running backs go over 100 yards, that's not atypical for what they've had this year. Like they this the last like four or five games, they've been easily by like a lot the worst run defense in football, um, and that's just really killed them. Uh, they just the offense hasn't been able to get on the field, and and you know they they. They they just been getting run over like you said so that's been tough I think that plug in someone in the middle there because um, they have one of the best linebackers in the league and Luke Keekley on that team so plug someone in get a big old D lineman uh, to just sit in the middle stop the run um, and I think they'll be okay I think they have pieces everywhere else so um, you know we'll we'll see who comes in next year because they got good young receivers they got McCaffrey uh, offensive line has been decent um, and and. The overall, the defense was was good until you know they started giving up 300 yards a game rushing. Um, but yeah, the Redskins. I mean, they're they're a team that I don't. I think the the Panthers have way more pieces on their team than the Redskins. I don't. I don't. The the Redskins. I mean, they have a couple good good young players and Geis and and Geis. I mean, there's there's really not. There's not. There's not <laughs> a like, lot of you good. like Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, scary Terry. Um, I do like him, but that's not a lot to build off of a team. Like that defense has been okay, but there's not like a, you know, the, the, I guess Collins, they have Collins who they signed to a big contract, but they're just not, there's, there's not a lot of attractive things in Washington right now. So God, no, they need a top to bottom owner, coach, GM jerseys, team name, city. They need an entire new fucking yeah. setup yeah. in Washington. Cause it's Cause all shit right now. Even with all like Haskins hasn't been impressive. So I don't think they're going to, you know, be sticking to him long term either. So they just have to, they, like you said, I think they need a clean sweep in a lot of places, especially with like their GM Bruce Allen, who a lot of people have been going online and stuff asking for him to be fired. But mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, hard to fire someone who owns the company. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but we'll see. Uh, I for one, I hate that fucking guy. So I hope he gets fired too. Um, so does your dad, Matthew Berry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the game of the week. Baltimore hosted the San Francisco 49ers. This was touted as a Super Bowl preview, and it did not disappoint. This was a very good ball game between two teams who seem like mirror images of one another. It was very interesting. Uh, Baltimore gets the win 20-17 to on a game-winning Justin Tucker field goal as time expired, and they did this in the, the, the way that the Ravens have been winning all season. Uh, Lamar Jackson only threw for 105 yards and a touchdown, but he ran for another 100 and a touchdown. Uh, Mark Ingram was efficient too. He had uh, 59 yards. And then they kind of spread the ball around to the different receivers. But 
the 49ers have a weirdly similar stat line. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had 165 yards and a touchdown, uh, but they did have a big game from Raheem Mostert, 146 yards and a score. So it seemingly doesn't matter who they put in the backfield, the Niners. Um, they have a pretty solid run game there. Uh, again, none of the receivers really stuck out here, but this was a really fun game because it seemed like both teams came out and ex- executed their game plans exactly how they wanted to. Both teams ran the ball well. Both teams played really good defense. There were very few possessions in this game. It went by very quickly. Um, and each team got one turnover. And the difference in the game ended up being that Baltimore scored a touchdown off of their turnover, and the Niners were only able to get a field goal off of theirs. So this was a game that the Niners, even though they lost, should feel very good about, in my opinion. They played incredibly well against possibly the NFL's best team. Um, but again, that the two in 10 and two are both games where they lost in crunch time at the end of the game. And so I don't know if there should or shouldn't be concerns about the clutch ability of the, the San Francisco team, but the Ravens have shown that they're able to win games, uh, in the end. So a great win for Baltimore. A lot of power rankings have moved them up to number one, uh, team in the NFL. And I, I don't think that's misplaced praise. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've really liked what I've seen out of them, but, uh, a very good game all around. And I think Seattle should, or sorry, San Francisco should be happy with how they performed, even though they didn't get the dub. Yeah. I think both these teams moved up this week. I mean, uh, I think the reason more of the reason the Ravens moved up is because the Patriots really disappointed on Sunday night. But, um, with, with, with the Ravens, uh, you know, they're, they're still doing their thing. I mean, they didn't put up as many points this week, but they put up 20 points against probably the best defense in the league right now uh, in the Niners. So I think they are statistically number one overall. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, the Ravens continue on, on continue on rolling. And with the, the, the Niners, I think this is more, I think them losing on a last second field goal, putting a fight the entire game is more of a positive uh, than, than it was a negative. Because I think there was only one of two ways this game went, just with the way the Ravens have been playing is this, which is the the most positive outcome other than a win, or them getting blown out. That That's what I was thinking potentially could happen. I know mm-hmm. I bet. I, I, I did put my, my bet on the Niners, but I, I kind of thought either the Niners lose a close game or they get blown out um, and, and kind of show like, oh, maybe this team isn't for real. Um, this team's for real. They're, 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 they, they really put the brakes to, you know, the, the most dynamic player. I know you hate that. Uh, in the in the in the NFL um, right now, I mean, he still had 100 yards rushing, but through the air they kind of they kind of stopped him and put a little bit of a lid on him. Only only 20, 20 points when um, you know he's been putting up 30 to 40 in weeks past. So this is this is a fun game. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is the Super Bowl game, uh, you, you know, in, in February. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again if it was. Yeah, here's the thing that blows my mind about this game: Baltimore got the ball. With something like five minutes, five or six minutes left in the game, and in ever against against thirty other teams in football, if you have to punt it away with five with five or six minutes left, you can be pretty sure you're going to get it back with a chance to go and tie the game. Mm-hmm. Baltimore ran the entirety of the last six minutes off the clock and kicked the field goal. Mm-hmm. No other team in football is doing that, mm-hmm. and that's what's so dangerous about this team. Niners were in a position to get a to get another chance to go score and uh, Baltimore just totally fucking shut the door on him. And that was, that yep. was highly, highly impressive. It was, I liked what I saw out of Baltimore and it was nice to see it against a team. That's not my Rams. 
Uh, speaking of my Rams, they went into Arizona, and uh, like we talked about with the Packers before, uh, they got beat up by a big kid last week, so they went and beat up a nerd this week. Uh, Rams won 34-7 to over the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Rams get to 7-5. and They're now one game behind Minnesota for the second wildcard spot in the NFC, so things are very interesting for the Rams going forward. In this game particularly, Jared Goff had his best game in a long time, uh, 424 yards, Almost, uh, I think over 300 of that was in the first half, and he had two touchdowns as well on about 80% completion. So he looked great. I know this is a terrible uh, Arizona defense. I, I'm not forgetting that. Um, Todd Gurley also had 95 yards on the ground and a score, and the receiving was interesting here. Robert Woods had his biggest game of the year, 172 yards. Uh, Tyler Higby, tight end, had 107 yards and a touchdown, so... This was a complete win for the Rams. They looked really good in all facets. I know it's against a bad Arizona team, but this is a Cardinals team that took the Niners to the brink both times they played them. Mm -hmm. So there are real players on this Arizona team. So I was really happy with what I saw from the Rams. They came in and they handled their business on the road. And with, uh, with a tough game coming up with Seattle coming to town this weekend, this was what the Rams needed to prep for that game. And so I was pleased with what I saw, again, albeit against not a very good team, but um, good to see them back in the win column, uh, hopefully with a little bit of momentum to carry them uh, into the Seattle game, which I'm excited to talk about in a bit. Yeah, I got to say I'll have to be rooting for Seattle in that game, unfortunately. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, no, I mean, it's, it, this is good for the Rams to have. They, they needed this uh, with how some of the games have gone recently, especially coming against coming, coming off against the Ravens. So. Um, good, good that they uh, bounced back a little bit here and and uh, and did that on the road. So, um, yeah, there's still definitely a threat. Uh, you know, with the Vikings losing this week, I, I know that you were excited that the Vikings lost too. So that that helped out uh, getting the Rams closer to the playoffs. Like you said, one game back. So um, it's gonna be an interesting stretch. I, I, who who else? The Rams play the Seahawks. They play the Niners again. Rams have. Um, <clears throat> I think this is in order. Uh, Seahawks, then at the Cowboys, then at the Niners, and then they finish Oof. at home against the Cardinals. Okay, so, so what's three out of the next four that, are tough. Yeah, what's tough about that schedule is also what's nice about that schedule. A couple of those games, if they win, they can make huge strides mm-hmm. in the NFC playoff race. They're not completely out of the division race right now. Yeah, And it all starts with getting a win against Seattle, which you know they won't be favored in that game. Um, but the Rams will have their opportunity to reassert themselves as one of the NFC's top teams. Uh, we'll see if they can do it, but they've they've got a chance for sure. Yeah, and the Vikings have uh, Lions, um, Lions, Packers, Chargers, Bears in the last four, so they do have a little bit easier of a time than the Rams mm. do. So, um, but it's the Vikings, and they tend to blow things, especially late in the season. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, for me, I'm disappointed that the Rams bounced back the way they did. But um, you know it. It was good for good for them to see. So, yep, totally. Uh, you talk about disappointments. Holy cow! Can you imagine being a Chargers fan? <laughs> These guys, man. I'm. I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta hit it for the Chargers. Loser, loser. Look, this is the one of Coast teams. This is this is a Coast team, but they're also losers. I I, I got to be honest. Um, they fall to four and eight. All eight of those losses are by a touchdown or less. This is which is heartbreaking. It feels unlucky, but the truth is, this is a team that doesn't execute when the game's on the line. Plain and simple, mm-hmm. they deserve all the losses they have. 
Um, Rivers was better in this game. He had 265 yards, two touchdowns, only one interception here after throwing like six in the last two weeks. Uh, Melvin Gordon had 99 yards, and Mike Williams was the lead receiver with 117. Uh, on the Broncos side of things, Drew Locke uh, had 134 yards passing, two touchdowns. He did have one pick. Philip Lindsay, 58 yards on the ground. Cortland Sutton had 75 yards and two touchdowns. But also Sutton had the play of the game, which was a pass interference call uh, with with like seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Chargers tie the game. Denver goes down, throws a prayer up from like their own 20, um, and it ends up being like a 40-yard pass interference call that allows them to kick the game winner as time expired. Which, <laughs> heartbreaker if you're the Chargers, a crazy exciting win if you're Denver. And, God, both these teams are now 4-8. and eight. And at this point, Seth, we've been talking all season about, about Phillip Rivers kind of probably being on his way out, depending on how they're playing. But at this point, against teams like Denver, you got to start thinking about the coaches. And, and we're going to talk about coaches a little bit later, but Chargers are a team that's way too talented to be 4-8. and eight. Uh, I would say if there's a silver lining here, if the Chargers manage to get last place in the NFC West, or sorry, the AFC West, um, a team this talented could have a very good season next year, <laughs> based on having an easy schedule. Yeah. I, if there's a silver lining there, that's it. But this is a Chargers yep. team. Oh God, this was an ugly loss. Yeah, they've they've been. I mean, this is this is a. The the typical thing for the for the Chargers they they find ways to lose they they are actively looking to lose all the time. Um, the Broncos we'll we'll see about them. I, I think that they're another team with with some decent pieces around there. Cortland Sutton has been kind of a, of a revelation this year. Um, even prior to Emmanuel Sanders leaving, uh, Sutton was you know the top guy and he's been very good. Um, we'll see what they get out of Drew Locke. Drew Locke had a good game. You know, it wasn't amazing, but it was good. Um, you know, they they drafted him decently high this year, so. You know, I think he's a second rounder. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Maybe they have something. I know they've tried a lot of quarterbacks recently, uh, even going back to like Brock Osweiler, Pay, uh, Paxson Lynch, just some of these guys that they they've they've tried in in the late rounds or early rounds, excuse me, to to have work out, and it hasn't quite worked that way. So maybe Drew Locke will be that fix. Uh, he was a guy. Drew Locke was a guy um, that was uh, in a lot of like early lists um, in in the college preseason as a potential first round quarterback and then you know kind of fell off so you know maybe maybe you know he just was in a bad position um where he was in college and just fell off a little bit but maybe he has some more success with the broncos so um we'll see both these teams i think will be better in the coming years with some of the young talent they have Mm-hmm. Yeah, that AFC West is shaping up to be really tough uh, looking forward to next season. But Broncos, one of those teams, we talked about Miami, you know, didn't come in with a lot of hope this season, but they're playing their guts out, man. They've got some really impressive wins uh, in that four, uh, and brighter times are ahead for Denver, in my opinion. We don't, do, do we have to talk about the Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> sure do. <laughs> uh, the, my Raiders are not going to be my Raiders for very long if they keep making me look stupid. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Um, Raiders it's, it's fall. When, you know, the problem is is when you came out and outright declared that they're one of Coe's teams, they really started sucking. Same thing yeah. all the Chargers had been sucking the entire time. But <laughs> I think I may Bucks be a too. curse. We, I yeah. need to start doing some research, but it, it may be me. Uh, by a score, <laughs> By a score of 40 to 9, uh, the Raiders were beat the piss out of by the Chiefs. Now, this was disappointing, especially for the Raiders, because they had a chance to jump into first place um, in that division here, but couldn't get it done. 
Uh, Derek Carr was terrible again. Uh, he had 220 yards and a touchdown, but two picks here. Josh Jacobs did his thing, 100 yards on the ground. Darren Waller had his his best game in a while. Uh, he had 100 yards receiving, but they're playing behind from behind in most of this game, which is weird because the stat lines for KC are not that impressive. Uh, Mahomes had 175 yards and a touchdown. Their lead rusher was Darwin Thompson with 40 yards and a score, uh, and then Travis Kelsey had 90 yards. So the lack of total yardage by the Chiefs was not because they played poorly. It's because they were in such good field position all day. Because uh, they kept getting, they kept getting, they had like, they ran back a, a PAT for two points at one point in this game. They, yeah. they scored just about every way. I think a hot dog vendor scored a touchdown at one point. Like I, this was just a total, I don't know how you score 40 points on 175 yards passing. Um, but the Chiefs did it. Uh, Chiefs now, I think this was a Chiefs team that was looking for a dominating victory like this to get back into the conversation. Uh, They are a foregone conclusion for the AFC West now after this one, and they've got some work to do to try to climb in the ranks to potentially get into the first-round buy space, but it's looking increasingly like they're going to be playing wildcard weekend, um, which will be interesting, but... um, this is a team that you know started off red hot, had a big dip in the middle of the season, but I think they're improving at the right time mm-hmm. uh, with the playoffs approaching. So while Oakland, I'm afraid, is going to be fading out these last few weeks, uh, especially with the re- with the resurgence of of the Steelers and Titans, uh, the Chiefs team, this Chiefs team has a lot to look forward to as they prep for the playoffs. Yeah, I think they're finally getting healthy at all at the right time. Um, they really ha- haven't had a running game uh, this year. I mean, Darwin Thompson is a rookie that they really like. Um, I know they just signed Spencer Ware back to the team, but like, um, they, they, I think they lost Darrell Williams for the season. Damian Williams is uh, been been in and out of the lineup. McCoy has been very inconsistent. I think he had like ten carries for fifteen yards this week or something like like not very good. He he, he wasn't very good. So um, you know maybe they find a spark there here and there on in the running game with um, you know like Thompson, but. Um, you know the the Chiefs had this win, like you said, they needed it. They they needed to score a lot of points. They they needed to have a dominating win. Um, but if they can get healthy all at the right time, like they they maybe are starting now, like Hills back, Mahomes back, hopefully back to 100. percent That bye week came at the perfect time for them. Um, so they 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 could maybe get back on that conversation as a top team in the AFC. Um, you know they they do have to play the Patriots still here yet, so that might be more of a prove it game for them. If they can come out there and put a bunch, a bunch of points against the Patriots and dominate that game, then you're looking at a really fun uh, potential matchup in the AFC Championship. If they both get that far with the the Ravens and the and the Chiefs, so that could be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, uh, it's still a little bit of a let, let's wait and see uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, interesting matchup. We're, we'll preview it in a second, but uh, Chiefs go to New England. They'll have a chance if they win that game to jump into the two spot and mm-hmm. get that first round by. So that's a huge looming matchup. We'll preview it in just a few moments here. Uh, before we do that, we got to talk about the aforementioned Patriots who played Sunday night and got beat, strangely enough, by the Houston Texans. Uh, Texans 28, Patriots 22. This game was in Houston. And for Deshaun Watson, it was an impressive game. 234 yards, three scores. Um, he also caught a touchdown pass from um, from DeAndre Hopkins on a trick play. And um, Duke Johnson was the lead, rece- re- lead rusher with only 36 yards. But on the Patriots side of things, Brady did go for 300 yards and three touchdowns. He did have one interception here. James White had 79 yards on the ground. 
Um, and he also had 98 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Yep. Huge game for James White. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian Edelman continues to be the only receiver worth talking about uh, seemingly in New England. He had 106 yards and a score. So this was a game, and I was listening to uh, to some sports talk, Callan Cowherd, earlier today, that at first blush you see the Patriots lost to Houston. Now, Houston's been up and down, so this looks like a terrible loss for the New England Patriots. Now, to put a couple things in context, and this is really interesting, I had this relayed to me by the herd, um, the Patriots were better on third down, they had more offensive yards, and they had more time of possession, and they had three times as many rushing yards in this game. Patriots, by every statistic besides the score, won this game, and the score was essentially determined by a trick play that the that the Texans scored on. So the first thing I want to say is that let's, again, the sky is not falling because the Patriots fell to 10-2. and two. That said, there are some offensive concerns here, but they did they played really well on offense. Uh, Brady threw for 300 yards. They had 125 mm-hmm. on the ground. So uh, this was, in my opinion, Deshaun Watson made a couple special plays. And on a Houston team that is not otherwise very great, what they are fully capable of is home run plays. And you can win football games with a couple home run plays. I think that's what they did here. So I'm not drawing too much, too many conclusions from this um, other than, you know, every – Every dog seemingly has their day, and this was Houston's, uh, and the, they had enough plays go their way to squeak this one out. Um, Houston at the top of the AFC South now looks like they're in a position to take that division if they can fend off uh, the surging Titans. Patriots are going to be in a dogfight, though, with Buffalo. So both these teams have some big games coming down the road here. But again, and we've said this before, let's not get too down on the Patriots, right? I also I I have a little bit more concern with the Patriots than than just uh you know I still think they're a top team in the AFC I just don't think they're the best team in the AFC anymore. Sure. Um, I I think that the offense uh, does have a lot of concerns. Uh, you mentioned you know that that Tom Brady had thrown for 300 yards, but a good chunk of those came in gar- garbage time uh, when they were trying to fight back into this game. Um, yes, you know Houston scored on a trick play, but that's football. And the Patriots up until this week. Uh, for the last several weeks now, have not put up a lot of yards. The, the, the passing game has been pretty lethargic up to this point, um, and even the running game has been pretty hit or miss. Uh, Sonny Michel has had some good games. He's had some bad games. So, And, and they're, they're not getting a ton of production out of the other running backs. The defense in this one, though, that that's, the defense is what has been good enough to keep them in all these games um, and, and keep them winning all these games, is that the defense has played so well, and they gave up. Uh, 28 points to an offense that has been up and down. There's been some games where the Texans have scored nine points and this some games where they scored 39 points. Like they, they have been a very inconsistent team. Um, I don't like the Texans as a real threat. I think that yes, the, the, the Patriots have, have, uh, you know, had games like this in the past. I even talked about where they have down games, but the trend that they've been going on normally this time of year is when you see the Patriots start to really dominate football games in terms of running the football and some of the games are close, but you know, you, you look at um, how they, how they win the football games and it's their dominating time of possession. They're running the football and they're not doing that as well this year. So it does give me a little bit of concern. I know there's even been talks of Brady not coming back next year and all that stuff too. So we'll see. I do have concern with, with the Patriots, but uh, I, 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 I don't think they would win a game against the Ravens. I really don't at this point. The, the way the Ravens have been playing football, 
I don't think they win a game against the Ravens. So, um, you know, we'll see in, in the coming weeks. I'm a little bit more concerned with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll certainly see. I mean, the, you know, the, the thing with the Patriots now is that they can't afford more shit like this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they start, if they continue, if they lose another game, they might miss that division and have to go mm-hmm. on the road in the wild card round, which they've never had to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. But I, I am still, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they'll end up getting that division uh, in the first round by, but they're going to be tested for sure. Um, Houston, to me, looks a lot like a first a wild card round bounce, depending on who comes up against them. I, I don't have a high degree of confidence in them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right, we we got to do it. I'm sorry. Um, we got to talk about the Monday night game. It, it wasn't that bad, actually. It was wildly entertaining. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I didn't I didn't. It was good for me that the Vikings lost this game. Seattle wins 37 to 30. But I'm glad I didn't really have a vested interest because it would have also helped the Rams if Seattle lost. Um, but I'm so glad neither of these was my team because this was a heart attack game the whole way through. Um, it, it really big wasn't. Games After- swinging and well, t- I think you had some big swings both ways, and then the fact that Minnesota was able to come back near the end and have a chance yeah. to win it um, yeah. was it was a roller coaster. It had to have been for you. It after after the it really wasn't it really wasn't because I after there was a point in the third quarter where the the momentum had switched uh, changed drastically there there's a point where Rhodes had a really dumb um personal foul 15 yard penalty that got him down to like the 20 and then from that point forward until about halfway through the fourth quarter it was just dominant Seahawks football from that point um that that's when they scored like 17 unanswered and and went on a run yeah the Vikings came back but it was such a big deficit that it wasn't really realistic and I know they had a shot at the end but that they never really had a shot at the end because of some uh, there's a dumb uh, there's a dumb penalty like with the well they did but whatever you know like there really wasn't a feasible shot until the last like three minutes of the game and by then um, they just didn't execute so it really was I mean it was a good game and it was fun to watch them come back and I was encouraged about that but it really in terms of like after that point in the third quarter it really wasn't that up and down of a game the Seahawks really dominated a good chunk of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Seahawks looked incredible in this game. Very scary. Uh, Russell Wilson did his thing, 240 yards, two touchdowns. He did have a crazy-ass fluke pick in this one. I think it's like third of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they got a ton out of the run game here. They plowed over the Vikings. Chris Carson had 102 yards and a touchdown. Rashad Penny also had 74 yards and a touchdown. Um, DK Metcalf was a lead receiver. You got you, we can you <laughs> or, are continue to be impressed by him. Or as uh, Joe Tessitore called him, Decaf Metcalf. <laughs> uh, of course Tess that guy's so fucking lame um, and uh, so Metcalf was good here and Seattle did Seattle has been interesting they've kind of evolved over the course of this season and at times we've said okay this is on Russell Wilson to win games but they're winning games with the run game mm-hmm. and this is more to me this Seattle team has evolved into something that looks like the Super Bowl teams that Seattle had except Russell Wilson is now an MVP candidate. They play really good defense. They run the ball really mm-hmm. well. And now they have, for my money, the best quarterback in football. This is a Seahawks team that scares the shit out of me. And they just moved up into uh, the number two seed in the NFC uh, in first place of the NFC West this week. So watch out for Seattle. For the Vikings, though, you mentioned the comeback effort. I was impressed by what I saw here because a lot of teams would have laid, laid over here. This is a game in Seattle where the Vikings were able to hang 30 points and they do they did lose Dalvin Cook. 
um, in the third quarter of this game. So he's he's really, to me, the linchpin of this offense. For them to do what they want to do, he needs to be playing well. And so for him to go down was, was a really tough blow to take. It seems like he's going to be okay and he's going to be coming back soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they need him to be effective for that offense to really work because, you know, they don't want to put it on the shoulders of Cousins. And he played well in the second half but wasn't able to get it done in the end. Uh, but this was a game where I know you were concerned about Minnesota going into Seattle and getting stomped on. But they they, they had a game effort here, and they, they made it a good game all the way through. Uh, so Minnesota still with a one-game lead in the NFC wildcard over the Rams. Uh, you mentioned before a relatively easy schedule coming coming uh, down the pipe here, and uh, they're going to have a chance to get in in that sixth spot and potentially have to travel to, uh, I guess that'd be Green Bay if it ended today. That'd be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no, it was good. It was good to see them see them come back and uh, and and fight for it because. You know, we, we unfortunately we had to see the same thing uh, in Denver a couple weeks ago before the bye. They won that one, couldn't quite pull this one off, but it's good that they're fighting back. And this one, I don't put on Kirk Cousins at all. He played a really good game. Um, the reason they were in that game at the end was Kirk Cousins. Um, you look, you look at that roster right now; they are very beat up. You mentioned Dalvin Cook left in this game. Um, Riley Reef, their starting left tackle, who left this game immediately, saw that impact with Clowney getting pressure. So that that was tough. That was, uh, I think, in the second quarter he left. Um, and then Adam Thielen. Did I mention Adam Thielen already? I did not. No, no I didn't. didn't. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has not played in weeks. Um, there was many times in this game where they could have used him. Uh, I know on that, th- that I think it was a fourth down. I think that's what I was talking about. When they had the ball with like four minutes left, there was like a fourth down. And, uh, he had to throw the ball to, to Irv Smith, and and that was a that, that's a total. It was like a, they needed six yards, right at the six yard line. The ball is in BC and uh, Irv Smith's hands, and he dropped it. If that's Adam Thielen, he catches that every single time. Um, I, I think that if if the, if Vikings were full strength in this game and healthy, I think they would have won this game. Honestly, with with the way they're coming back, I, I really do. Um, but they were missing so many key players, and Kirk Cousins can only do so much. I don't put this at all on him. Uh, he played a really good game, so. I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, you know he he did what he did and and showed that. I think I texted you last night. Like they show that they can hang with the best teams. That's the toughest place in football to play right now. I think mm-hmm. uh, is Seattle. Uh, when when the when their team is doing well, um, there there's not a tougher place to play. I don't think than Seattle. Especially you look at their weather and all kinds of stuff. Like they're not a. It's not an easy stadium to play. And so you Long know I, I think too. I mean y- everything yep. is in Seattle's favor when they play at home. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I think if the Vikings were healthy in this one fully and had all their players in this one, I think this might have been a different outcome. Um, if I think if they if for some reason they have to play in Seattle again, um, I, I think this they might be a different outcome later on the season. We'll see if that, that happens in the playoffs. Um, I, I just I, I really like what I saw out of the Vikings. I'm usually a pessimist, but I, I'm I'm happy that they fought back. I, I don't see this very often. Um, with, with with the Seahawks. Uh, you meant you I mean their offense is great they 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 the Vikings strength in their defense this year has been their 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 rushing defense their top 10 rushing defense and I mean they held Ezekiel Elliott to like 40 yards a couple weeks ago and you know they, they come out and do this so that's impressive um their defense though I still think has has some to be to has some to left to be desired they they do give up a lot of points they they're they are great at rushing the the quarterback um, but they give up a lot of points. Um, 
they they don't have a great pass defense. They they have holes, so they are beatable. They have weaknesses. Um, I think they have more weaknesses than a team like like Baltimore, but um, they are a very tough team. And when you have Russell Wilson, you you can win every single game that you're in. So, um, yeah, I, the Seahawks are a top team. I think the Vikings hopefully make make into the playoffs. Um, it's gonna be a fun end of the end of the season here with these teams. Totally, it really is. And and the Minnesota, much like San Francisco, we talked about earlier. Uh, yes, it's a loss, but it was a tough-fought one and, and one that, where they went toe-to-toe with a real legit team. So there, mm-hmm. there's some things for Minnesota to feel good about. But you're right. They've got to get healthy if they're going to have a real shot. They also they need to get Xavier Rhodes out of the football out of the football game. He, he has that dude is terrible. a straight-up liability. He, got he has Rhodes. been. At one point, he was passes against Rhodes were 4-for-4 four four for like 110 yards and a touchdown, I think, at one mm-hmm. point in this game. He got roasted. The guy was for like five years straight the statistical best cornerback in football. Um, if you just looked at straight numbers, and two-time All-Pro just a couple of years ago was was an All-Pro corner, and he has been like I said a liability. He's been terrible this year. He's been letting people run by him. He saved himself a little bit with a tackle that that um, got them back in the football game because he was uh, he he hit the whoever was carrying the ball uh, with his helmet and the ball popped out. I think it was Metcalf. Um, but, like I mentioned, beginning of the third quarter, just dumb play. And he does this all the time. Like, he'll, he'll, he has penalties against him all the time for pass interference, for roughing, for, uh, for, for unnecessary roughness, all that stuff. The thing is, is the talent is not enough to make up for that anymore. He does, he does, when he used to do that stuff before, it's because no one got more than 30 yards against him a game. Now mm-hmm. players in, in a half are getting 100, 150 yards on him. So, like... The talent does not make up for the dumb decisions. He is a liability. They need to get. They need to move on. They need to get someone else in there. Otherwise, they're going to really be torched again. And they're still putting the best. They're still putting them against the best uh, wide receivers on the team. I don't understand. Dumb logic. This is like, what is going on? Frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating because that defense has not been good this year. No, no, it has not. Um, so that was week 13. Every team has now played 12 games. Buys are behind us, and we're into the real meaty shit, which I love. Uh, before we do move on, Seth, got to give you a shout-out. Uh, congratulations yeah. on your pick'em win. For three for the win, yes! LeBron James! Very good week of picks. What did you say? You got 10, 10 out of 16, I, was that right? Yeah, but I, I, I fucking schooled you, fools. I got 10, <laughs> and I think, yes, I had 10. Um, Kyle had eight. Kyle's Kyle has a pretty is, is been having a pretty strong season just because I think he picks the opposite of what we do. Uh, <laughs> you you had you had seven, and then uh, Dan bringing up the rear of six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sucks. But I dominated. Yeah. Well, congrats on a good week. Uh, but we do not look behind us, Seth. We look forward, and uh, we're going to do that by starting to preview week fourteen in the league, which is a huge week. There's some big-time matchups here. Uh, we're going to start with the game that already happened, so we got to turn back time so we can cover the Thursday night football game. I'm going to take you back in time. Well, we're going. We don't need roads. All right, here we go. So last night, Seth, a big game, especially a big game for the Dallas Cowboys, who are traveling to Chicago to play the Bears here. Both teams are 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Dallas has some serious question marks around their team. They need a win here. Uh, they are favored by two and a half points in Chicago. My feeling about this game is that Dallas knows it needs to prove something, 
And that offense, uh, you know, still one of the top couple offenses in football. Chicago's defense, while very good, is, is not the scary, scary defense that it used to be. So I think Dallas will hang enough points and Chicago won't be able to hang. So eat your two and a half and give me Dallas on the road Thursday night. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that, like you said, this is a, a, a game that Dallas needs uh, to win. So uh, they can't rely on the Eagles continuing to be bad to, to uh, win the, win the uh, division. So, um, yeah, they need this one. I, I, I think that they go in there and, and win by more than two and a half points. Yep. Uh, let's go to Atlanta. The Falcons are favored by two and a half points over the Carolina Panthers, who have disappointed mightily in the last two weeks. We just talked about Carolina having fired head coach Ron Rivera, and I love picking a team that just fired their head coach, especially if I'm getting two and a half points, and I think Carolina's a more talented team. I think they bounce back and beat the Falcons on the road. Give me the Panthers. I agree. Love it. Uh, Here's a huge game. Can't wait to watch this one. The Bills are at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Big-time matchup in terms of AFC playoff implications. Uh, I know I will be watching watching this one with my very excited girlfriend who's a Bills fan. Um, no, you Bills... won't. Oh, no, I won't. Ah, I'll, <laughs> I'll be traveling. Well, I know my very excited Bills fan girlfriend will be watching. Yeah, um, you might somewhere. be watching it with your, your very excited Vikings boyfriend. <laughs> That's fair. That's that's far more likely. Um, anyway, the Bills are dogs in this one. The Ravens are favored by five and a half points. This is a really interesting matchup. I love this line. I think it's right on. Uh, for me, though, based on what I've seen the last couple weeks, I'm going to have to go with the Ravens to cover here. And, and I think this is very close. If this line was six and a half, I would likely be taking Buffalo. But at five and a half, I think... I just, I just feel like Baltimore is that much better than Buffalo. I'm not going to be surprised if I'm wrong here, but I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, I, I, I am too. Um, we're, we're continuing to make the same picks. Um, <laughs> your, your Vikings boyfriend agrees with you. I dig it. Uh, let's go to Cleveland. Loser, loser. This might be the loser bowl of the season. I was going to uh, say, you got to do that again for the next team you name. <laughs> Cleveland and Cincinnati are going to play. Now, here's the interesting thing. Cleveland is favored here by eight and a half points. I mentioned earlier that I like what I saw from the Cincinnati offense this week. Uh, They're coming in hot off a victory. Zach Taylor probably has a little bit of confidence after getting his first win. I think the line is too wide based on what we've seen from Cleveland this season. So I'm getting eight and a half points. I'm going to take them and the Bengals on the road in an interesting game here. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go perfect. I love it. Let's see if we can let's see if we can keep the train rolling. Um, we go to Houston. The Texans coming off a big win over the Patriots are hosting the Denver Broncos. The line here is nine and a half points in favor of the Texans. I just think it's too much. Uh, Denver's played well on defense. The Texans have been so up and down. I still don't trust them after a win over the Patriots. So I'm getting nine and a half and I'm going to take them Denver on the road in what may be even an upset victory for Denver. I love this game. God, you're taking the words right out of my mouth right now. I agree with you. (laughs) We've molded our our minds together after all this chatter. Uh, I know we're going to pick this next one the same way too. (laughs) Your Minnesota Vikings will host the Detroit Lions. Uh, Big division matchup. Minnesota looking to bounce back. But the line here is 13.5 points, and that is too many points for me to give up. In a game where 
these teams have seen each other before. Um, it's a it's an in division rival. Matt Patricia is trying to keep his job. Uh, Blau has got this offense with a little bit of a spark after the Thanksgiving game. Uh, I think Minnesota wins this game. I don't think they do it by two touchdowns. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to Green Bay, another NFC North team, and they will play host to the Washington Redskins, who come in off their win over Carolina. Uh, Packers are favored by 12 and a half points here. And while I took the, the two touchdown, uh, two touchdowns in the dog in the last game, I'm going to, I'm going to let you keep them and take the Packers to cover this big spread. They handled their business on the road against the Giants last week. I think they'll do something similar against the Redskins here. I'll take the Packers at home. I I, I am too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the Redskins, I mean, the, they might be getting a little big big for their britches right now with a couple wins. I think that Rodgers puts them in place here um, and uh, wins by a couple touchdowns. Yep, I think so. I think so. Uh, here's one. Here's one I bet we're different on. Uh, Tampa oh, Bay. God. Tampa Bay is at home and favored by two and a half points here against the visiting Indianapolis Colts. And here I will explain to you why I'm picking Tampa. Um, we saw this last week, like we talked about, um, in a game where the Patriots were better in every category except points, uh, and the Texans were able to win on a couple of big plays. I think that's what you see here. I think Indianapolis is better in almost every facet, but I think Tampa Bay has such a big play offense, and Indianapolis has been susceptible to that this year. I think Tampa's going to get the one or two plays that make the difference here, and I think they win at home. I really do. I don't agree. I think that the I think that the Colts, just like the Cowboys, need this football game and uh, in order to, to keep in that, that hunt for the playoffs. So this is a, des- a desperation game. Hopefully uh, the Colts can... Get a little bit healthier. Maybe they get T.Y. Hilton back this week. We'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they need this game way more than the Bucks do. I think that they they pull out the win here. Mm-hmm. Let's go to New York. The Jets are inviting into town the Miami Dolphins. I don't think they're even going to send TV cameras to this game. Um, <laughs> but the Jets are favored by five and a half points. I think it's too much. Um, mm-hmm. Dolphins have played well. We've, we talked about, well, this is an exciting team that has nothing to lose and they're playing with reckless abandon and I love seeing it. And the Jets have been wildly disappointing the last couple weeks. So I'm getting five and a half and I'm taking them. I think this is easy money for the Dolphins. Yeah, I agree. Go, go, uh, go Fins. <laughs> they might be a coast team. No, they're not. No. I'm just kidding. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All 32 teams are going to be a coast team. <laughs> um, here's a huge game. Uh, for the NFC playoff picture, the Saints are at home. The Niners are coming to town. Uh, these are your uh, two of you, well. These are two of the three best records in the NFC. Even though the Niners just fell to the five seed, uh, Saints are favored at home by two and a half. That's essentially the spread you get by being the home team. So this is pick 'em, essentially. And for me, Seth. I think it's the fact that this is in New Orleans is what is deciding this for me. I have a lot of respect for what the Niners are doing, uh, but the Saints are more experienced. I think they're at least as good in most uh, most facets of the game here, and I think the home crowd is going to make all the difference. I think the Saints are going to prove why you don't want to go to New Orleans in the playoffs. Uh, so I'm going to take them to win by over two and a half points. I agree. I also think this will be a close game. Um 
but I, you know, I think I think whoever wins won by by a field goal. Yeah, just with the home field with the Saints, uh, they they tend to come on strong towards the end of the year. Uh, I think that they win win this in a close game by uh, by at least three. Mm-hmm. Saints, another team that has gotten healthy after some injuries in the middle part of the season, so they're they're pretty much at full force right now. Mm-hmm. We go to Jacksonville. Uh, the Jaguars host the Chargers. This is going to be a tough game to, for either one to win because they both try so hard to lose. Um, <laughs> Chargers are favored by two and a half points here. I'm going to pick them. I can't tell you why, uh, but I, I I'm taking why. the Chargers here. <laughs> I don't know, man. Minshew mania with that magnificent mustache. He's coming back, back to this offense, going to score a bunch of points. They're going to beat the Chargers in Jacksonville. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Jacksonville, huh? All right, uh, one of our favorite team. Actually, oh, this is this so is team, it's a so team versus a co team. Oh no, <laughs> this is not the week I wish this game was happening in. Um, <laughs> my Oakland Raiders are playing host to apparently Seth's Tennessee Titans, um, who are surging lately. Titans are favored by two and a half. Um, I'll be completely honest with you, Seth. I was going to pick Tennessee, but because of the fact that this is I I was so emphatic that the Oakland was my team and you were early on Tennessee. I'm going to switch my team to the Raiders just so one of us is right and one of us is wrong. Again, <laughs> I, I think Tennessee wins this game, but I'm going to pick my Raiders for uh, sentimental purposes. Well, I also picked the Raiders. So no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I picked the Titans. Go Titans. <laughs> Tighten up. There you go. Tighten up. Tighten up. Gross. Uh, here's another huge game. Uh, this is likely going to be America's game of the week. Uh, the Chiefs will go to New England to play the Patriots. And, you know, th- these two teams played twice last season, and the Patriots got both wins. I think they're going to do it again. I know that the offense has left a lot to be desired, as you put it earlier. Um, this Chiefs defense, though, while they played well against Oakland, is not a great defense, and I think Brady will get enough. Uh, but I think the big matchup here will be Mahomes and the Chiefs offense against Belichick and the Patriots defense, which has won both of these matchups the last two times they've played. You know Belichick has been prepping for this all season, and I think they're going to get the job done at home. The spread is three and a half, which is a little bit wide, but I'm going to I'm gonna say that the Patriots cover that uh, on Sunday. I'm taking the Chiefs. I just think with, with the way that... Uh... You know, I know it's only been one game since the bye, and we the one game we've just seen since out of the Chiefs where they put up a lot of points. I just think with the way that they're trending with that, and and the way that New England has not been able to put up points, I think that just that overcomes. I know the the Patriots has have had a good defense, but they've shown some cracks recently. Um, I think that the the Chiefs win this one and and cement themselves back in the conversation for uh, a top team in the AFC. That would really make things interesting in the AFC, uh, to say the least. Uh, another AFC playoff hopeful, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're headed to Arizona to play the Cardinals. And Pittsburgh favored by two and a half points here. Uh, the league's starting to, seems like Vegas starting to wake up to the fact that this seems like a real team. Um, this is an interesting game for me because the Steelers' offense is really good, but Arizona has shown that they can move the ball and put some points up. And Pittsburgh's offense has never really been good all season, even when they've won. I'm, I'm still going to take Pittsburgh in this game. Um, I think they'll cover the two-and-a-half-point spread on the road. This is a Steelers team that has some confidence now. The fans are getting behind Duck Hodges. Uh, they're getting great effort from a lot of players that you've never fucking heard of, and I think Tomlin realizes that he's got a chance here to do something special. 
uh, in a year that they thought was going to be lost. So uh, I think the Steelers are going to continue to build momentum here by beating the Cardinals by more than two and a half. I agree. Love it. Love it. It's so easy when you agree with me. Uh, let's see. If you, let's see if you do it for this game. Sunday night football. I will be in attendance for this game in Los Angeles. The Seahawks are coming to town, and they are favored by a point and a half over my LA Rams. Seth, Rams are going to win this game. The Rams are going to win this game, and they're going to get back into the conversation. Uh, they're coming off a, a, a confidence building win over the Arizona Cardinals here. The Rams' offense is starting to show signs that it's figuring itself out. They're getting run yards. They're spreading the ball around to their weapons uh, in the receiving core that they haven't done a good job of in the, earlier in the season. I think the Rams are in position to upset Seattle in this game. So give me, give me L.A. plus a point and a half. I'm picking the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. I know you are. And I know you think that I'm being a homer. But I, I do. I think that the Rams. Uh, I think there's high potential that they surprise in this game. I, I do, and I've been, I've been very vocal about how much I like the Seahawks right now. But I think the Rams can do it. This game was decided by a last-second field goal um, that the Rams missed earlier in the year, and I know the teams have looked a lot different since then. But Rams at home, big-time matchup. Golf likes to step up in those games. Uh, I think that, uh, I think, I think you got a chance here uh, for LA. I do. I, I really do. I, I want you to if, if if the Rams just get fucking trounced, I want you to go back and play this. I think the Rams are going to win this game. The Rams are going to win this game. <laughs> play that can you, back. Can you can you tell that I'm trying to wish it into existence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, watching the Seahawks uh, this past Monday, uh, yesterday uh, when we're recording this, um, and you know the other times I watched, I, it just Russell Wilson is an equalizer and uh, doesn't matter who he's playing. I think he's always got, especially teams that I think are, I mean, you look at the Rams on paper, they're more talented, but with what the the Seahawks have figured a lot of things out with that team, uh, Russell Wilson's playing with the most confidence of his career. Um, While their defense hasn't been, the defense has been better, still not great, but they have some pieces. I mean, we talked, uh, we were texting during the game last night, guys like, uh, um, Jadavian Clowney, who they traded for, uh, Quandre Diggs. Uh, they also have Ziggy Ansah, who was hurt. But fucking that guy, he played at the Lions for six the past six years. I I heard his name during the game last night, and I'm like, wait, because he always he, he he always caused problems for the Vikings. He's always fucking dominating those games. So I heard his name, and I'm like, that's not no, that's that's I was having like flashbacks, and like I was denying it. But that guy's good. He's a really good uh, him and him and Clowney are a tough tough. Uh, duo on the edge so yes I, I think that they're exploitable but the way they're playing right now watching them play they're a tough team uh, and and the Rams have been a very up and down too so they're like the Texans of the NFC I think um, up and yeah. down team so I, I think that's a fair comparison to be honest with you and uh, Texans just they have the, the t- Patriots so go Rams yeah <laughs> they have the talent <laughs> to win all games but they've been so up and down it's been been tough to know which ones are going to win mm-hmm Go Rams. Monday night football. No one's watching this. Uh, Eagles are at home against the Giants. The spread here is eight and a half points. The Eagles are not good enough to get to give up eight and a half points. I don't care who they're fucking playing. They just got beat by the Dolphins. Uh, Giants plus eight and a half. I take that every day. Yeah, I agree. I that's that spread is. I know there's a lot of crazy ones. To me, that's the craziest one because the Eagles are a bad football team. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
no doubt. I'm not going to be surprised if the, if the Giants go ahead and win this one, especially if the Cowboys lose on Thursday, then Philadelphia will definitely lose on on Monday night because they're allergic to that division, uh, apparently. They don't want to win mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Which, why would you when either the Rams or Vikings are going to come in and stomp the shit out of one of those teams um, in the first wild card round? So I wouldn't want that division either. Probably the Rams. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> those are the games that are coming up this weekend. It's coming right for us! So uh, we don't bet on the pigskin pick'em, but if you want to make a few bucks, you're going to want to listen to Seth's picks. Here we go. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, Seth. I don't I, I don't think we've talked about how you did last week. Did you make a couple bucks? Um, I, bro- I broke even. Um, Had some bad bets on Thanksgiving, but did pretty well on Sunday, so... Not too bad of a week. Um, but uh, th- this week, um, some bets I like early on. We've talked about a few already. A lot of good spreads. Um, prior to the spreads, though, I did see, I, I really like the the over-under for Baltimore and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 43 and a half. I like the over on it. And, you know, y- you can say with, with the defenses that that might be, you know, you might want to go the under. But both these offenses put up a lot of points. Um, the, the defenses have been better but also not unstoppable and i think that this i think this this will actually end up being a higher scoring game because i think both these quarterbacks like we talked about play pretty similar style so i think this is over 43 and a half points um and then some of the spreads denver and houston um nine and a half points denver's getting i i want that give me that um give me what i want um (laughs) cincinnati give me what i want Thank you. Cincinnati and Cleveland, again, uh, Cincinnati's getting nine points. Give me that. Um, Carolina and Atlanta, I, I think, like we talked about, I think Carolina's the better team. Uh, they, they're getting two and a half points. I think they win this game, so I think that's an easy easy bet. And then, again, talked about the Jets and, and, and Dolphins. Plus five for Miami. I'm going to take that. I think they I think they win this game, too. Yeah. Yeah, those are some good picks. Those those feel to me like good picks. Um, of course, I thought I had some good picks last weekend and, and lost to you. So uh, we True. shall see. If you want to make some bucks, you're going to want to listen to old Seth and bet along with him. Uh, so those were his bets of the week. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right. Now that you got what you came for, uh, we're going to wrap things up in just a second here. But before we go, we got to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more one Seth, I want to quickly mention, because Ron Rivera was fired, he's the first coach to be fired this season, and in the last month of the season, he's probably not going to be the last. So I wanted to run down a couple coaches that I think are on the hot seat and uh, get your thoughts on them and see if you would add more. So uh, I think Rivera, now Rivera was a surprising firing to me. I didn't think he was on the hot seat. So that was a little bit of a surprise to me, but they're going to Atlanta this weekend, and I think Dan Quinn is a, is a coach that uh, is and should be on the hot seat. This is a 3-19 and that's too talented to be that bad, um, mm-hmm. especially on offense. So I, I think Dan Quinn is one who – he's had some success, but he's been worse every year since the Super Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. and he's just – he's not getting it done there. Um, looking at both teams in Ohio – uh, I think Freddie Kitchens is all but out. I mean, he, that guy should be looking at property and somewhere else besides Cleveland. He's, <laughs> he's ready to be canned. He was acting like a total dumbass the other day. He was wearing a shirt that said Steelers started it or some shit like that. And he just looks like he should never have been hired. So I, I think he's on his way out. Um, the Bengals though, at one and 11, I don't think Zach Taylor should no. be on the hot seat because it's his first year. 
They don't have yep. any talent. I think they can rebuild around him as head coach. I think he's got some promise. Yep. Um, looking at a couple other teams. Um, damn it, I had a couple others here too. Um, there's a lot of coaches I really like. Um, here, let me ask you about this one, Seth. What do you think of Shermer in New York? This is a two and eighteen, no. or sorry, two and ten team. I think it's his second season as their head coach. Do you think he's do you think he's wobbling, or do you think he's got at least one more year uh, of the Jets' good grace, or sorry, the Giants' good graces? I think he's probably got one more year with the with the young quarterback. Uh, you know, he's played well. I think there's enough signs there, um, and especially with the terrible defense, he's the offensive guy. I like Shermer. He was he was the former OC in in Minnesota, um, the year Case Keenum went crazy. So I, I like him as a coach. I, I think he'll be all right. I, um, I don't think that's all on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the Jets? So you have that's been such Gase. an up and down team with Adam Gase in his first season. They don't have a ton of talent, so you kind of want to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. But there's been some games where they've flat out not gotten off the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I, I'm up in the air about Gase. I've heard some firing rumors, but Oof. I've heard that they plan on keeping him around. What do you say? When was the last time Adam Gase was a good coach? <laughs> That's a good point. I guess in Chicago? No, not really in Chicago. That, that, that was last year. Last year, that was, uh, that was the coach they have now, Nagy. Um, it, the last time he was good was, a, was in Denver when Peyton Manning was there. That's the last time he was a good coach. Um, I don't understand the hiring in the first place, um, and he shouldn't be the coach. He probably will, um, but he shouldn't be the coach in, in New York anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if they if he gets canned. Um, we talked about this already. Jay Gruden in Washington, he's got to be out. That team, like I said, that needs a whole – wash that whole thing clean and get rid of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an interesting one. Jason Garrett. Cowboys have been really disappointing at 6-6, six and six, but they look like they're probably still going to win this division. Garrett has been, to me, a mediocre coach his entire career mm-hmm. um, and hasn't elevated. If anything, I think he's stymied some of the talent that they've had because they, they have one of the best rosters in football, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Even Let's assume they're going to win this division. Do you think they still have grounds to fire Garrett and move on? If they lose, if, if they lose their first playoff game, and especially if it's an embarrassing loss, but I think even if they lose in general, I think... There's much more pause to get him out of there, but Jerry Jones, you know, he there's people have talked about him many times being a very controlling person, and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of coaches that are gonna listen to him <laughs> that that if they want to win, uh, you know, football games. So, I I almost think that the puppet in Jason Garrett stays there for a little bit longer, um, if that's you know the philosophy that Jerry Jones wants to continue with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jones has been hinting hinting at some coaching changes for the past couple weeks in the media. So I won't be surprised if Garrett finds himself out. Um, but uh, we shall see. I don't see any others that I think are definite hot seat people. I think, um, oh, I'm, I'm. maybe you can help me with the name of the Chargers head coach. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Well, he's in his second or third year, I believe. Uh, and that's a team that's really underperformed in clutch situations, which a lot of that comes down to rivers, but I think some of it comes down to coaching. And I think if they if they like lose out and go four and twelve, I could totally see them getting fired. But he could also, I think, with four games to go, he could play himself into keeping that job. Uh, he's not a name I've heard much of. This is this is just, you know, based on what I'm seeing on the field, is potentially head coaches to blame because they're a really talented team too. Yeah, I I don't know. We'll see about him. I. I don't think he's a great coach, um, but, you know, I don't know. I think that – I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
on the flip, very quickly before we move off of, of coaches, um, a couple coach of the year candidates, just like real quick shout outs to coach of the year candidates um, that, that I see. Um, obviously Harbaugh and Baltimore, they, they've been crazy special, but I also think their opponents, the Buffalo Bills, their head coach, um, Jesus, McDermott. Sean McDermott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, McDermott has, has had a really great showing for his team this year too. So he, he may be in the mix. Um, I also really, really like Mike Tomlin. You know, you talk about a team that was totally just written off this year and he potentially could get them into the playoffs. Um, so I think he is a, as a dark horse candidate, we, there's obviously the talk about Shanahan in San Francisco, Sean Payton in new Orleans. Of course you have those top tier teams, but in terms of a coach that has done the best with the least, or I think done the hardest job, uh, I think Tomlin deserves consideration. Yeah. I mean, assuming they work their way into the playoffs, I know you think, that Tennessee will end up getting that spot, and this is maybe a different yeah. conversation. But if they did make the playoffs, I think that's when Tomlin has to be considered. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still think that probably. I think it, it's it's a. I think there's a long a bigger gap than like I think that uh, uh, Shanahan and and San Francisco with turning that team completely around from like three and twelve to what they are now. I think that's way bigger of a thing. Um, so I, I don't know. I I don't see him having much of a shot. Maybe he gets like in that nomination where they kind of you know show a few candidates before the show. But um, I don't I don't think he has a real shot at it. Sure. So you you like Shanahan? I like him. I like Harbaugh. I mean, there there's a few that that are that are definitely up there. But I think it's probably between Shanahan and Harbaugh at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to depend a lot on how the season and, finishes up. Seems like it's a little bit and, up for grabs. And usually they lean towards the new guy uh, when they do that. Like Harbaugh, I think is probably either won it before or been really close. So if he's won it before, um, then I would say um, then it, it more than likely be Shanahan. But if not, then I would. I, that's a toss-up, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you make a good point because Bill Belichick should have won Coach of the Year each of the last 20 years, <laughs> just like LeBron should win every MVP. Um, but they mm-hmm. don't really they don't really operate like that. So okay, mm-hmm. well yeah, that's what's going on in the coaching world. So potentially quite a few jobs coming up um, so far to you and I. Uh, Carolina being the most attractive today. So we'll see how that all plays out uh, as the offseason approaches for some teams here. What do you got for one more thing? Um, well, I don't know. You took up all the time. I did, yeah. <laughs> that was longer than I intended for it to go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, I feel like I've been you know a little bit negative uh, in the show talking about how right I was about the Eagles and how right I was about Nick Foles. Um, but I do want to spread some positivity, and that's in the form of Russell Wilson. Uh, in the face of him and his team uh, for a good chunk of that game, putting a hurting on the Vikings and you know ultimately winning that game, they kept showing clips of Russell Wilson. They kept they kept uh, they had him mic'd up for this game, and God damn it, that man is is inspiring. I know right. I saw a lot of people I saw a lot of people online being like, "Oh, shut up, Russell Wilson, you're a Boy Scout." Blah blah blah. You know what? He was sitting there like the Vikings had just they the, the Seahawks had just gone up by 17 points, and then they sh- they go to 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 uh, Russell Wilson talking to his teammates, you know, encouraging them and saying congratulations and saying nice things to all of them. And and I go from having a, a scowl on my face to a big old smile because, like, I was like, you know what? That man, he's a good man. He's <laughs> a good man, Russell Wilson. And, and uh, like, he's out there. I, I t- texting you. He's, like, congratulating uh, the left guard on making a, a, a good block on a play he threw a 50-yard touchdown on. Like, that didn't happen last night, but there's that example of, like, he makes an awesome play, and then he congratulates a guy who really didn't do anything on the play. Like, that that's the type of guy Russell Wilson is. He's he's awesome. Um, I texted you this as well. 
he he's a man that deserves Sierra. So, um, Russell Wilson, thumbs up to you. I like you a lot. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Perhaps the only man that deserves Sierra. Um, <laughs> Wilson is special, and he, uh, yeah, he does it. So, he, I think the most impressive thing I've seen from Wilson, and even in the Minnesota game, um, he had that horrible play where he tried to tip a ball and it ended up being a pick six for the Vikings. And mm-hmm. immediately he's on the sideline like, all right, guys, here we go. We're getting the ball back. Let's go score a touchdown. Like things just – anytime he makes a mistake, it's, all right, we'll get the next one. Here we go. Let's get a touchdown. And it's it's simple. And I know it sounds Boy Scouty. I know, which seems annoying to some people. But that's the kind of guy I would fucking run through a wall for Russell Wilson. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate it because he's a division rival of my Rams. But that dude's got something special. And I think, I think we're entering – the Russell Wilson era. I think he's entering his prime right now, and there's a lot of special Wilson shit about to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be really cool to watch. Yep. All right, so Russell Wilson has his job for a while, but there's a few coaches that may not, uh, and one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, that's going to be it for this week's SoCo Sports Show. Uh, quick show reminder, we will not have a show next week. Uh, Seth and I doing some traveling uh, so you're going to have to wait two weeks for me to to wait for to hear me brag about the Rams beating the Seahawks. Um, so wait with bated breath for uh, for 14 days for that. But um, in any case, make sure you guys subscribe wherever it is you're listening to the show so you get new episodes of this show most Fridays and the main show most Thursdays. Uh, also on break next week for the main show, by the way. Uh, head over to Anchor to become a contributor. Shout out to our current contributors. Uh, if you want to join in the fun, head over to the Anchor page to do that. If not, uh, just keep clicking on these episodes and keep sharing them with friends. We appreciate all that. Um, but for now, Seth, we got, there's two two weeks until they hear from us again. What do you want your last words to be? Skull. There you go. That's very well done. He is the so-host, Seth. I, I am the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. And boom goes the dynamite.